Hey everyone, uh, first let me say welcome to episode 100 of Spiritual Life and Leadership. This is a milestone episode for this podcast, not only because it's the 100th episode, but also because it officially marks the beginning of Spiritual Life and Leadership's partnership with Fuller Theological Seminary's brand new Church Leadership Institute. And I have to admit that I am very excited about this partnership for a few reasons. First of all, I love Fuller Seminary. Uh, I did both my Master of Divinity and my Doctor of Ministry degrees at Fuller. Uh, And from 1996 to 2004, I was also on staff at Fuller as the video production coordinator. And so I have a very warm, emotional connection to Fuller. Uh, The second reason I'm so excited about this is because I'm excited to be working with Todd Bolsinger, who is heading up the Church Leadership Institute. Uh, I've known Todd for about 10 years or so and have long looked up to him as a mentor of sorts. And so I love the fact that I get to collaborate with him uh, now as part of the Church Leadership Institute. And then the third reason uh, that I'm so excited about this partnership is that I love the mission of the Church Leadership Institute, which is to form church leaders to lead faithful change in a rapidly changing and disruptive world. Isn't that great? To form church leaders to lead faithful change in a rapidly changing and disruptive world. Now, my favorite word in this statement is the word form. Uh, The Church Leadership Institute doesn't simply want to train church leaders, though they will no doubt do a lot of training, but they want to form church leaders, right? Help church leaders become the kind of leaders that lead well. And really, that's what this podcast has always been about. It's been about spiritual formation and spiritual leadership, hence the title Spiritual Life and Leadership. Now, if you'd like to learn more about the Church Leadership Institute, you can go to their website at www.depree.org slash church. Depree is spelled D-E-P-R-E-E. And the reason that's the uh, website is because uh, the Church Leadership Institute is part of the Depree Leadership Center, which is a part of Fuller Theological Seminary. (laughs) Now, if you're listening to this Prior to May 6th, 2021, in other words, when this episode first comes out, I want to invite you to be a part of the Church Leadership Institute's new deep dive online course taught by Todd Bolsinger. The course is titled From Surviving to Thriving, Leading Your Church into a Post-Pandemic World. And if you want to find out more about this course, you can go to depreorg slash surviving. Now, at the end of the episode, uh, I'm going to give you a special coupon code for 15% off the price of the course, and so make sure you stick around for that. Well, this is going to be a great episode. Uh, My guest is Todd Bolsinger. Uh, Though I'm not interviewing Todd so much as Todd and I are having a conversation about leadership and formation for the sake of God's mission in a rapidly changing world. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I think you're really going to get a lot out of this episode. I'm Marcus Watson, and this is episode 100 of Spiritual Life and Leadership. Well, I am uh, really excited about uh, this 
inaugural episode of uh, Spiritual Life and Leadership in partnership with uh, Fuller Seminary's Church Leadership Institute. And so uh, Todd Bolsinger and I are going to have a conversation today. Uh, hi, Todd. Welcome. How are you doing? Hey, Marcus. Nice to be back on your show again. I think this is the fourth time that I've I been know. on Spiritual Life and Leadership. Uh, you're my favorite guest. <laughs> you you hold the record. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, let me just say a brief word of introduction about you again. So you're the author of uh, two uh, great books, Canoeing the Mountains um, and Tempered Resilience. Tempered Resilience just came out at the end of last year, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. fantastic book about really kind of about probably some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. Um, but let me just uh, give you a second to introduce yourself and uh, what you do and uh, whatever else you want to tell us about yourself. Yeah, so um, it, it's very fun to be on this podcast with you. you mm-hmm. You've done such a great job. Um, this is your inaugural uh, podcast with us, but I think you've done like over a hundred, right? It's, this is episode one hundred. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. What yeah. a great, so what a great episode one hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great moment. So for us, this is really significant. So one of the things that's happened at Fuller Seminary, I, I've been there for the last seven years. For the first six and a half years, I was a, a vice president, and I was part of the senior leadership team that was really trying to bring about uh, the significant kinds of changes that are needed in theological education. And it's been, been a huge privilege of my life. And when we finally got our strategic planning process finished and we launched what we're now calling Fuller Next, um, I went to our president and said, look, you're going to need someone who wants to manage and administrate this. And I actually have a burden now even more for the way in which the church needs to change. And so mm-hmm. um, because I'd been spending the last five years traveling around the country, talking with church leaders of really vastly broadly diverse denominations and backgrounds about the need for strong, faithful change leadership. Um, We suggested the idea of creating the Church Leadership Institute as part of our Dupree Center um, Mm -hmm. for really focusing on helping church leaders faithfully navigate change. And so they invited me to stay on at the school into this Uh role. And it's just my gift. I wake up every morning thinking about how we can really serve people yeah. who are at the right in the middle of the crucible of leading change in a disruptive world. And one of the things that we thought about after a few months is we needed a place where we can have conversations with people mm. about their own spiritual life and with leaders about that, about mm-hmm. the way in which they need to continually be formed spiritually to lead change. And yeah. so we, you and I started talking and now we have this yeah. great resource. We get to yeah. bring people your podcast to leaders about the spiritual life they need to be able to lead change. And I'm, we're thrilled to be in there yeah. that. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, so, so Church Leadership Institute is brand new. I mean, this is not an existing thing. We're, we're, this is, uh, and, and how long has it been in existence then, officially? Mm-hmm. Well, in September, we uh, started the work, and we basically rolled it out officially in January. So um, it's brand, it is brand new. It is, it is my third startup at Fuller Seminary yeah. <laughs> since I've been there. <laughs> Fuller's the kind of place that allows me to be really, has allowed me and a, a lot of us to be really creative about coming up with ide- ways in which we can uh, serve the church. And so we're, yeah. we're really at the beginning and we're beginning to um, have just lots and lots of opportunities to serve leaders. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, I'm, I'm super excited. So let's uh, talk about leadership then today. Uh, this is sort of a preview, I guess, of all the many kinds of things, um, or broadly speaking, the kinds of things that uh, we'll be talking about, really continue to be talking about on this podcast. I don't think that we're really changing a whole lot. We're just 
now we're doing it together. So uh, <laughs> um, w- let me just ask you this question. Um, what are some of the things that you think leaders need to develop um, uh, for this world that we're living in now? Uh, what do what do leaders, yeah. what do pastors and other uh, others need for, for this time? Well, one of the most powerful things that's happened, and it's certainly been uh, made clear during the pandemic, is that most of us who are trained to be church leaders were actually trained to be teachers and chaplains. Like we do pastoral mm-hmm. care, we teach, we preach, we lead worship, but nobody ever really taught us how to be organizational change leaders. <laughs> like yeah. how do you yeah. take a community of people and help them be faithful to their deepest values, to the cause of the yeah. gospel in a radically changing world that's going to require us to make really hard decisions. Mm-hmm. And so the the bulk of the work that I've been doing the, through my books and now we're allowed to do in the Church Leadership Institute is really focus on that. Yeah. How do we help leaders be formed? It's it's a formation process. It's supposed to have spiritual right. formation and leadership formation so that they can wisely navigate change. Um, and yeah. that process, we what we've done is we're taking the entire set of resources that a seminary has, uh, our research the resources we can develop, coaching, consulting, lots of things that we can offer, and we make them available to leaders right where they are. And and in many ways, this podcast is really a symbolic to us of the kind of generous, broad approach that we want. We want as mm. many leaders as possible to be able to access the kind of resources that will help them be faithful to their calling, to their communities, and will help them personally thrive. Yeah. Um, we, we know that a lot yeah. of leaders, have, especially during these last year with the pandemic, have really experienced yeah. a lot of stress and a lot of struggle, and we want to be here to support them. Um, uh, I think one of the... Uh, well, you mentioned formation, right? That mm-hmm. um, in... Uh, in my experience, I think is at the heart of healthy leadership is how mm-hmm. have we been formed as human beings. It's it's good to have all the you know best practices of leadership as well. I mean that's all really important too. But uh, if you if you're not a healthy spiritually formed person uh, mm-hmm. in your inner life, right, your outer life uh, is going to reflect that. And so I'd love to know from you. And by the way, um, you know, I'm not technically interviewing you. We're going to have a conversation, but I'm used yeah. to being the interviewer. So here I go. <laughs> Feel free to ask me anything you want to as well. Yeah. But uh, tell, tell us a little bit about how you've been formed as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. So um, le- le- the most recent book I wrote, Tempered Resilience, came mm-hmm. out of a, a conversation that I had with leaders around the country. And mm-hmm. it went something like this. I was teaching about how to lead change and how to lead what's called adaptive change. It's yeah. it's when you have to learn to lead when you're no longer an expert, when you don't have mm. best practices, when you can't rely on your old programs, then literally you face this kind of gut-wrenching moment where you realize, I don't have a perfect solution. I don't have a plan. I don't have a program. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody does. So we're going to have to learn as we go. Yeah. And the only thing we know is we're going to probably also have to face loss. <laughs> We're going to, there's a lot of stuff we're going to have to drop. We're going to, things we're going to have to give up to move forward. And that's Mm -hmm. really hard. And one of the key principles of Ronald Heifetz is that, uh, is that people don't resist change. They resist loss. So what's been really formative in my own life has been my ability to be with really wise mentors who helped give me the, both the courage and the conviction to be clear about what it means to live out the gospel when you're going to be facing loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
uh, loss, right? Yeah, loss. Uh, I, I love asking uh, people about, you know, why do people resist loss? I, I, I've got a little Facebook group and I asked uh, the members of this group, you know, why do people resist change? That, that's the question. Why do they resist change, right? And it's not really about change. It's about loss. And, yeah. uh, you know, as you're talking about um, uh, leading when you're not an expert, I mean, we're coming out of a year of COVID right now. And that this has every single person that's their experience there have been no experts yeah. <laughs> during this covid time it's almost like it leveled the playing field in in some regard for in terms of our experience oh this is what it's like to lead when you have no idea what to do yeah <laughs> and yeah. uh um yeah yeah Mar- and marcus you've talked to a lot of these folks what if mm-hmm. the, the folks that the interviews you've had with people that have just been lingering right they're the ones people yeah. click on they come back to that you find yeah. yourself thinking about what are the what are the common experiences of those kinds of leaders you know these folks who know they're not they can't be experts but they've got to keep leading anyway what, what have you experienced right. about that yeah that's a great question um i i think the common theme uh uh, it's not always the same word that they use, but it's the same idea, and it would be surrender. Mm. Um, meaning, uh, I think, and this has been my own experience too. Um, I think healthy leadership involves surrender, which which is countercultural in some ways yeah. because we live in a never surrender kind of a culture. Never surrender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I think in order to lead, in especially in a context in which you don't know what you're doing uh, or you don't know what the future holds. You don't know how, what the next, what's the next right uh, step to take. Uh, right. It's just surrendering first of all to God. Uh, right. And um, um, just acknowledging that you don't, <laughs> you don't have the expertise required for this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then uh, surrendering to the reality of the situation right? Um, yeah. One of the things that I've seen, I'm just thinking about this year of COVID, um, there's been a lot of trying to stay in control, right? And that might be, mm. you know, parents trying to get schools to open maybe too soon, um, or, or just uh, trying to live life normally when you just it, it's not it's not the right time for that, right? And trying to get back in control, kind of trying to yeah. get what we had before. And I think um, uh, just thinking about this past year, uh, surrendering to the reality of this COVID world we've been living in has been important. Um, so those are the kinds of things that I've heard from guests as well. Uh, some of the some of the um, uh, standout episodes have been around issues of emotional health, like. Um, Chuck DeGroat's episode on uh, narcissism in the church, right? And that that has to do with surrender and control, right? When um, uh, a leader mm-hmm. leads from a place of uh, self-focus narcissistically, right? That's a lack of surrender. Um, um, mm-hmm. So anyway, um, uh, right, I, I think for me and for, for many that I've spoken with, that has been sort of the, the underlying theme is mm-hmm. if we're going to lead in a healthy way, uh, we need to lead from a place of surrender rather than from a place of, yeah, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to get it done. There can be a little bit of that, but yeah, <laughs> it yeah. has to be uh, all. Well, and and this it. is interesting. Yeah. yeah, this is interesting because this is a lot of what we do when we coach people through these processes. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. people come on. So a lot of what we do at the Church Leadership Institute is we we offer resources like this, like lots yeah. and lots of resources. Um, yeah. You know, 
podcasts and articles and and videos and such that are just free and that we make it as available as we possibly can. And then people yeah. want to take a deeper dive with us and they can step into one of our courses where we teach people through some of these um, different formation practices and leadership practices. And then they'll uh, sometimes they walk into coaching with us. And very often the mm. coaching process is really coaching people to give up the expert expectation and lead the learning. Mm. And, mm. and the verse mm. I often use is a verse of surrender. It's John chapter 12. If a seed mm. falls to the earth and dies, it bears much fruit. Yes. But if it doesn't, yeah. it remains a single grain. And I often have to say to leaders, the hard part of this moment is you are having to lead your entire congregation into a process of fruitful surrender, fruitful death, mm -hmm. fruitful yeah. loss. Like what are you willing to give up or change or let go of so that the fruit of the gospel can be seen in your neighborhood? Yeah. And it's painful and it's difficult. And it's, it's one of the reasons why we accompany people like I, yeah. in um, tempered resilience, I talk about the fact yeah. that you need a lot of relationships to walk with you through the process of leading change. Yeah. Yeah. And that one of the parts that I think we all need is someone to help hold us when we feel vulnerable yeah. about surrender. Yeah. Um, I, I love the uh, image of a seed dying and right. Um, uh, coming to life. Um, mm -hmm. There's something, I mean, uh, I'll get theological for a moment, but right. I mean, but there's, I mean, that's, the spiritual life is yeah. death and resurrection, right? Um, and you can't experience resurrection if you don't die in some way first, right? And that's, mm -hmm. again, connected to surrender. Um, I have to surrender to whatever it is that I need to die to. Um, uh, and that's the loss part, right? So that then something new can come. Uh, we don't know what resurrection looks like on the other side. Uh, um, maybe Jesus did. <laughs> maybe he knew exactly what it was going to look like. Um, certainly, God the Father did, I would say. Uh, but the disciples didn't. I mean, they didn't even know it was coming, right? But they had to, in order, and and I think that they experienced a kind of resurrection with Jesus when that happened, right? Um, whoa, life, yeah. life from death, right? And yeah. uh, uh, that's the kind of formative thing I think that uh, I have found to be life-giving even though hard in mm -hmm. the moment right this covid i'm just thinking yeah. again our yeah. context is covid it's been really hard it's been a year of death uh literally and also yeah. just in terms uh, and spiritually in some ways emotionally right and uh i was just kind uh, came yeah. from an, a meeting um uh, with some other pastors talking about covid um fatigue you know that we're all going through right now and um uh, but the hope is life, right? That there is life if we can yep. in some way surrender to whatever it is that we're being invited to die to. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about this notion of surrender, you know, I think about how a seed has to fall to the earth, fall to the ground. Mm -hmm. And so one of the parts I, mm -hmm. we often do when we're coaching people or we're working with them through this process is we say, the most important thing you can have as a leader is to be grounded in something mm -hmm. other than your success in leading change. Like this is one of those great ironies, right? Like if whoever wants to keep his life must lose it, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you want to be part of faithfully leading your church, your congregation, your organization through change, you have to be grounded in something other than your success at leading change. Yeah. And that notion, uh, this is what we, we see this in the life of Jesus, right? He, mm -hmm. before Jesus preaches a sermon, before he get, does a miracle, before he casts out a demon, before he confronts a power, he hears a voice say, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yes. 
And yeah. to know that we that God loves us, is pleased with us, that Eugene mm-hmm. Peterson translation is, you are the pride of my life. Didn't you love mm-hmm. that right phrase? Yeah. To know that before we've done anything, we are already the pride of God's life yeah. is really necessary for leaders. And, and yeah. one of the reasons why we want this podcast is because we want to keep introducing leaders who are in the middle of the trial Mm -hmm. to others who are walking alongside them in conversation. They feel like they can hear those voices. They can be encouraged. They can learn some things and really be more deeply formed throughout the whole process. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I I love that you touched on um, the idea of success. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the metric for success is, changing uh it has to i think uh you know the metric for success has always been how many people show up on sunday morning and we haven't had people show up on sunday morning for a year now right, right <laughs> and right. so uh there's a totally different me- now we maybe we count uh, uh views on youtube or whatever you know um but i think i think more and more of us are recognizing that that's not the primary metric, right? And so, yeah. uh, well, let me just ask it as a question: What do you think is uh, what do we what are we looking for in terms of success uh, in yeah. Yeah. as we lead change and as we lead uh, as God leads us? You know. Yeah. So when I defined leadership, I defined it as mm-hmm. energizing a community of people toward their own transformation mm. in order to participate in God's mission in the world. Right. So, yeah, so we yeah. need to be transformed for the mission that God has given us. Yeah. And that's everybody. That's like, mm-hmm. so the job of the leader of the community is not to be the sole transformation person. It's to lead and energize a community of people toward transformation. So, so yeah. more and more and more, I think the questions we're going to have to think about in terms of uh, marks of success, maybe that rather than metrics is what are the metrics of the transformed life? What does it look mm-hmm. like to be a, to have more of our people more deeply connected to each other and more deeply connected to the mission of God in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean? How might we measure that our community is actually known, that our church is known in our community for being something that brings value and life and joy and peace? Yeah. Um, I, I worked with a church in New Zealand. And this was their mission statement. It was to make our neighborhood a better place to live. Yeah. I said, I, said, I love I, it. I, wasn't that great? I, I said yeah. to them, so tell me where you get that mission statement. They said, well, they happened mm-hmm. to be in an urban neighborhood that was right outside the city of Auckland. And they said, this, our neighborhood is just a bunch of apartments where people barely knew each other. They're, they're the kinds of people who took these apartments because they couldn't afford to live in a better neighborhood closer to their work. Mm-hmm. So everybody just gets on the bus or gets off the bus. And they barely know each other. We planted a church in this neighborhood for the purpose of saying this neighborhood needs to be a good place to live. And what they just did is they just made this neighborhood come alive with um, street fairs and connections and opportunities of service and neighborliness and love. Like their mission was to enliven this part of the city that people felt disconnected to. And I think, so so how do you measure that? Well, you measure that in the joy of people, of people who Mm. stay more connected, people who, you know, decide not to sell out of their apartment and move because they want to have a deeper sense of community. Mm. And I think part of what's going to come out of this day, this year, you know, this year where we had not only a health crisis, but an economic Mm. crisis, a growing, deepening awareness of racial injustice that was set for some of us, was below the surface and others of us they lived with every day. Yeah. Like th- that we need our churches to be places that, that to be communities that make our neighborhoods and our cities 
better, more joyful communities of life. Yeah. And it's going to take a different kind of leadership to do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so that, that also, you, you mentioned the mission of God, you know, um, I'll share what I think about as the mission of God. You can tell me what you think then too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think of the mission of God and the church you described, I think perfectly captures, in my opinion, the mission of God. When I think of the mission of God, it's the restoration of shalom in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, shalom being a comprehensive state of well-being that touches every aspect of life, right? And so yeah. it's our spiritual life, of course. And so salvation, right? Reconciliation with God is part of the shalom that God wants for us, but also reconciliation uh, with each other, reconciliation with the created order, reconciliation with our own inner selves, so to speak, right? Um, A a healthy uh, emotional life, inner life, uh, spiritual life. Um, So restoration of shalom and all these things, what I heard in terms of that church is, here's the restoration of shalom that God has called us to specifically, this neighborhood, making this, restoring shalom in this neighborhood, right? And um, and that's a different mm-hmm. metric too, right? Um, it's not, it's not right. uh, you know, butts in the seats, as they say. <laughs> it's not, and it's not, right, uh, how right. big is your budget? It's not, right? It's, a, it's about um, bringing healing and wholeness to the world. Um, uh, so that's when I think of the mission of God, that's what I think of the mission. How would you maybe characterize it? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, really similarly. The the verse for me is, you know, the prayer right out of the sermon on the Mount, your kingdom come, your will be done Mm -hmm. on earth. Yeah. And, and what, and I mean, that should be a really particular place on earth. (laughs) Like the Mm. place I always say that wherever my feet are landed, wherever I am planted roots, wherever God has called us to be there, you know, whether it's an exile, like you have in Jeremiah, right. You know, build houses, plant vineyards, bless this city. So that, you know, this bring peace to the city or wherever Mm -hmm. we have been called. And, and what I think most people miss when we're talking about leadership is they often Mm -hmm. think leadership is a bunch of techniques just to make the church bigger or grow your budget. And and we're not talking about that at all. We're talking about, having your church be transformed into a place where your neighborhood blesses you, where I, I used to have yeah. this imagery when I was pastoring a church in, in Southern California, I used to say that, you know, there was always this threat that the state that California was going to widen the freeway, the I five because of the traffic. And if they did, mm-hmm. they would, mm-hmm. they literally would take our church by eminent domain. And I said, our goal right. is to make our church <laughs> such a part of this community that if they ever wanted to widen the freeway at our church and take it by limited domain, 10,000 people who don't go to our church would line the streets and protest hmm. because they wow. would say, oh my gosh, we, this community of people and the, where their house of worship, their home is hmm. really so critical to this community, even for those of us who don't go there. Yeah, yeah. And when we're talking about the kind of leadership we're talking about, we're talking about this deep, pervasive leadership that's going to require a lot of our churches to change from yeah. kind of an internal, hey, we give religious services to whoever shows up. We just try yeah. to grow our budgets and our programs to an external missional approach to impacting yeah. the, the world around us. Yeah. And, you know, that's hard work. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. inspiring work, but it's hard yeah. work. And, yeah. and for most leaders, it requires them to have a kind of depth of spiritual life and right. a depth of emotional health, as you've talked about very often, right. that, yeah. that we're going to need to make sure that we're always attending to. Right, right. Because, again, you're letting go of something that maybe yeah. you've held held dear in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I'll reflect a little bit. The church that I'm serving right now is a 
a tiny little church in rural Southern California, farmland, Imperial County, um, Westmoreland Community Presbyterian Church. And uh, I love talking about them because, um, so I, I guest preached there for about a year, about once or twice a month prior to becoming their interim pastor. And, um, you know, I met with their elders a few times and uh, I asked them, you know, you've got a nice campus. It's small, but it's a, it's a nice clean campus and they got a nice fellowship hall and a kitchen. And I said, what do you guys do besides, you know, church on Sunday mornings? And they kind of looked at each other and said, oh, um, yeah, nothing, nothing really. <laughs> and I said, well, mm-hmm. what else could you do? You know, there, I'm, there, I'm sure there's something. So anyway, so that got their wheels turning and they tried a few things, a health fair, um, some other things. And then they, they tried a food pantry near the end of that year and they started it just before. So I'm, I'm not taking any credit <laughs> other than maybe asking a good question, but, um, uh, you know, they started this food pantry and it started by serving, you know, 50 people. There's 800 families in this town. So it's a tiny little town, 50 families, mm-hmm. then 75, then hundred. And then the, the pandemic hit. Now it's 175 to 200, 25% of the town comes oh, and gets, cause there's a lot of food insecurity in this town. Right. And that's, yeah. I, I always tell them, and, and, you know, there's 25 people in church on Sundays this, these days, you know, maybe 35 pre pandemic. Yeah. We had a, we had a Sunday where there were 11 people in addition to me and the two music people <laughs> about a month ago. And I said, Hey, uh, 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 that's okay. Because you know what? We just served 200 families on Thursday night. And, uh, and that's, yeah. that's the mission of God. Worship is important too. Yeah. And it's a joy to be together, you know, but you know, other people have going stuff going on. That's Okay this morning, but we, we are, we are fulfilling and they, and, um, right. And that ministry has brought so much energy to this church so that it feels like even Sunday mornings are not necessarily more people, but more life, uh, in the worship. And, uh, yeah. it's been, yeah. I feel so blessed to get to be a part of what God is doing yeah. in that little church at this time. Yeah. 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 Well, well, part of what I love about that story, it's two things. And it's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast together. One mm-hmm. is you don't, you're not just a podcaster. You're not a journalist who's an interviewer. You're a pastor. So yeah. you're talking to people who are your colleagues in ministry. Like you're on the front line. I, I, yeah. I was a pastor for 27 years, but for the last seven years, I've been in the seminary. So I've been mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Now, most of my work is actually in coaching and consulting and speaking and writing. Right. You're on the front lines, actually leading a congregation Every single thing you learn from one of your guests, you put into practice, and every single yeah. thing you try, infer- uh, it influences and informs your questions, which is so That's so right. life giving. I love that yeah. part. Yeah, and, and and the other part I love about it is this phrase you used, which is they tried, they tried a few mm. things, they tried yep. a few things, and and here's a really interesting um, thing we've learned about people going through change, and especially mm. resilient leaders going through change. They create a um, community of experimentation. Hmm. uh, This is one of the maxims we often talk about when we coach. We tell people, don't try to predict the future. Don't don't try to predict what's coming. Um, Strategic planning is not about predicting. It comes through prototyping. Hmm. Don't predict prototype. Uh, Hmm. We learned this from our friends in Silicon Valley who told us, you know, a prototype is a small experiment. A safe, modest, cheap experiment <laughs> that you can then learn from. And the emphasis the emphasis isn't, hey, did it work? The emphasis is what did we learn? And so yeah. one of the things your community learned is with a relatively small church, you can bless a lot of people. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my it's gosh! Amazing. Don't you wish the churches all over the country could <laughs> learn that? Like, right? You know, right. we don't have to be big to bless people. Uh-huh. We just have to be willing to give our lives away to get in service right. and care and faithfulness. That's right. And yeah. everybody needs to learn from that, right? Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. We don't need to just learn from the large, famous churches. We need to learn from every yeah, church. That's right. That's right. Um, and and that, so, don't predict prototype. Lead the learning, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna all gonna be much more fruitful on the back end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that. Don't predict prototype, and that's the kind of stuff that uh, you know people are going to continue to learn through Church Leadership Institute. Uh, mm-hmm. I assume, right? Those are the all these things that we've talked about. This is the kind of stuff that Church Leadership Institute is going to be focusing on. Um, so why don't we kind of come draw to a close here, but um, uh, tell us a little bit maybe about some of the resources that Church Leadership Institute is going to be offering. Yeah, yeah. So so what we offer right now are basically kind of uh, four buckets. We um, Not only do we offer these free resources, but we offer um, classes. We offer courses for people. We've got one coming up in May that we'll tell you about in a second. We offer coaching for leaders who want to go through a process of having someone walk with them through some of the processes of change to, to learn these things in a more in-depth way. Um, we offer a, a cohort um, we have regularly, we have cohorts right now. We have 20 churches from across the country who are going through an 18 month experience with their teams. So a cohort is for your leadership team, lay and, and professional staff um, to mm-hmm. learn how to lead change in that. And then we sometimes do all whole church consulting. We take them through a change process or we take them through a transition or, and, and so we do that. So courses yeah. and coaching and cohorts and consulting and, and what it means is that in every way, we're trying to find as many resources and ways as possible of supporting and shaping leaders for the change process in mm-hmm. this really disruptive world And as we um, go through this. So this is the Church Leadership Institute is entirely given over to that um, uh, and it enables us to be able to do so. That's awesome. And if someone wanted to engage, uh, what could they do? Where can they go? Well, so our website is Dupree dot org dot org okay. slash church and so dupree.org slash church but here's the little thing we've got uh we've got okay. some really creative people on our team um they created this thing if you just text the word change change like we're changing the church we're bringing leading change text uh-huh. the word change to six six eight six six um, you'll get on our mailing list. We'll send you a bunch of free stuff. We'll tell you some opportunities that have got coming up right away. So like, like okay. of course we have coming up in May. So. Awesome. Uh, text change to 66866. That's awesome. Um, how easy. <laughs> right. There's a, there's a, some uh, trying something new and uh, right. Uh, uh, learning to uh, adapt to the world, te- technology and all that. Okay, good. <laughs> uh Hey, uh, thanks, Todd. This has been awesome. And uh, I'm really excited about uh, CLI, Church Leadership Institute. I'm really excited that I get to be a part of it through this podcast and uh, to continue to work with you and um, learn and grow myself uh, as as we do this. So thanks for everything that you're doing. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for you. Yeah. And Marcus, thanks for joining us. It's a great, great privilege for us to have your resource, your conversations and your wisdom and experience with us on the team. We're thrilled. Oh, I loved having this conversation with Todd Bolsinger. 
I'm so grateful for Todd's leadership and his expertise. I'm looking forward to working with Todd and learning from Todd, and I'm looking forward to having Todd back on the podcast every now and then. Uh, As I mentioned in the intro, Todd will be teaching a live online course every Thursday from May 6 to 27, 2021, and the course is titled From Surviving to Thriving, Leading Your Church into a Post-Pandemic World. If you'd like to register for that course, you can do that at dupree.org slash surviving. And I promised to give you a coupon code for 15% off the regular price. And so if you enter the word THRIVING21, and that's the word THRIVING, no space, and the numbers 21, when you enter that, when you pay for the course, you'll get 15% off the normal price of $149. Again, that special code is THRIVING21. Now, if you're listening to this episode later, after this course has uh, taken place, you can still find all kinds of resources, including probably a new course of some kind, or webinars, or uh, all kinds of things. Uh, You can find them at the Church Leadership Institute website, which you can access at dupree.org slash church. And then finally, if you're new to spiritual life and leadership, uh, and if you'd like to listen to any of our earlier episodes, you can access those either by subscribing to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or by going to my website, marcuswatson.com slash podcast, and you'll find all of the episodes there. And also, that's Marcus with a K, Marcus with a K. Well, thanks so much for being here, and I will see you next time here on Spiritual Life and Leadership. Thank you.